Welcome, you're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick, and I am your dutiful host. Dutiful. What does that even mean, really? To A Certain Degree is a weekly radio show on WPRK featuring a maker, artist, or professional who is doing something neat. Sometimes more than one, like on this episode. And it's not just a radio show, it's a podcast, too. You probably know that since you're listening to it right now. But if you haven't already, consider subscribing on iTunes or Google Play. Why not follow on social media as well? See who's coming up, check out some of the bad business ideas that are coming to fruition, or just rotting on the vine. Just search to a certain degree on all the major social channels. I mean, not all of them, mainly Facebook and Instagram. Ani DeFranco on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, the best in basement radio and the voice of Rollins College. Good morning. It's Monday. It's 7 a.m., which means you're listening to a certain degree. Really have to come up with a different name for the show because that sounds very confusing. I think people are only listening to a certain degree, though, because you're doing other things. You're not concentrating 100% on this. Yeah, to a certain degree. Wait, can you wait till I introduce you? (laughs) Yeah. I know I'm looking at you. And asking a question, but you have to wait till I introduce you. Uh, Marco and Sam DeGeorge are here. Good morning, guys. Good morning. What up? Okay, now you can talk. Yeah. No, I feel like to a certain degree, your listeners are probably sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) To a certain degree. Yeah, they're kind of uh, half awake, getting through the morning, probably making some coffee. Maybe in the shower. You should listen to the show in the shower. You think so? This is a shower show. Uh, I don't know. I haven't listened to the show before, so I'll have to go back and then I'll let you know. (laughs) Okay, yeah. What I want you to do is listen to it in every possible scenario. Okay. And see which one, like mark it down, score it on a rating system. I'll send it over. It'll be about 10 to 15 different categories that you have to score it in, in each scenario. So in the car, driving to work, in the car, driving home from work. In the car, driving to church, because we're all churchgoers here. Uh, in the car, uh, driving to the store. So there's a lot of in the cars. In the shower, <laughs> in the morning, in the shower, in the evening. I don't know how often you shower or when you, you shower. <laughs> what if you don't? Yeah. When do you, where do you get your thinking done if you don't shower? My thinking done? Yeah. That's a good question. Honestly? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Speaking truthfully? Sure. In the toilet. In the toilet? Yeah. Well, on the, on toilet. the toilet. Okay. <laughs> on it. On the Because <laughs> in it would, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> All right, well, I am getting to know you already. But that's a splash zone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam and Marco, I don't know you at all, so we're going to play a little game here. Besides getting to know where you do your best thinking, okay. which is, I think, probably where most of us do our best thinking, <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you uh, some questions, and you're going to react to them, and maybe we dig into how you feel about these things. But instead of saying yes or no, up or down, we're going to play it a little bit differently. We're going to play a game called Keep Your Friends Close or Keep Your Enemies Closer. Okay. So if you're for something, you say keep your friends close. Okay. And if you're like, "Eh, that's not for me, keep your enemies closer. Uh, So the idea is, of course, you want to keep your friends close. Okay. Keeping your enemies closer, that's not a great idea. That's not sage advice. I mean, unless you're in the mafia, maybe. Maybe. And I know you guys are Italian, but I'm going to assume <laughs> I'm just going to take the stereotypes out of it for a second and assume since we're probably related that you're not in the mafia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's go well, with that. That, that yeah. was okay. not uh, right. <laughs> something that made me feel here. great. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. So let's start out with uh, resolutions. We're going into May now. Did you set any 
uh, New Year's resolutions, and how do you feel about them in general? Uh, keep your friends close or keep your enemies closer? Keep your enemies closer. Yeah, keep your enemies closer. Yeah. Not so much on uh, on those. No, man, work in the moment. We're, so don't plan ahead at all is what you're saying. I feel like it just doesn't happen. I think... <laughs> Okay, so the commitments, you make them and you're like, oh. No, I just don't make them. You don't make them. What do you think about people who do make them? Do you think they're not going to keep them? Um, yeah, I feel like it depends on your personality. Yeah. Yeah, like I feel like the ones that are making them, it's because they're going to keep them. Oh, I see, yeah. yeah. So they seem more yeah, I don't know. Less, less commitment phobic. That, I don't know. That, I'm, I think. But you weren't into them either, Marco. No, I'm, I'm not into resolutions myself. But I, I think the thing is, there's a lot of empty resolutions. A lot of people mm. make them coming into the year every year. Oh, I'm going to diet. I'm going to, I don't know. Do, do, do something I've never done. Go to, die. Die. No, 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 Diet. And, but it's, it, but then they fall off by this time sure. we're done again May, and we're yeah. looking towards the next January so we can make them again. And, and so that type of thing, I'm, I'm not big on a January re resolution, more of just an ongoing Keep pushing yourself forward. Yeah, keep like work, a daily resolution. Yeah. Oh, daily resolution. Yeah, like a daily okay. resolution. More than okay. just like, oh, now in December, this is what I want for this coming year. So like, what's your you daily resolution you for today? To be on a radio show? Uh, I just want to be happy today. I want to have a good, happy day. Okay. Well, this is a great way to start it. Cool. Yeah. Up, up early in the morning and show, just, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we're here. Under pressure sure. on the radio. Yeah. No, it sounds like a really great. How about uh, voicemail? Keep your friends close or keep your enemies closer. Like, how do I feel about receiving voicemails? Sure. Or, or leaving, leaving voicemails. voicemails. Uh, bah. Wow. I'm going to say. Enemies uh, closer. Um, enemies closer. Yeah, enemies Marco. closer. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Ugh. Well, let me ask you this. If, you're, if your <laughs> resolution is to be happy today, yeah. would getting a voicemail, would receiving a voicemail make you happy today? I think I would have picked up the phone. Yeah. So probably. <laughs> would, so basically it means that you've missed the phone call. So that might make you sad that you missed somebody's phone call. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to say, you know what? Keep your friends close. Okay. Yeah. So you listen to that voicemail, yeah. figure out what they want. Yeah. I think that's cool. Marco, you're, you want somebody to communicate with you differently? Yeah. I, you know, I, I tend to stay busy, so I rarely answer the phone. Mm-hmm. And so I typically ask people either text me or send me an email. It's easier for me to respond back sure. than having voicemails. So uh, it's just my relationship with my phone, trying to disconnect as much as I can. Uh, yeah, I'm just not a voicemail person. I don't know. So you're trying to disconnect from talking to your phone. <clears throat> Yes. So otherwise you're using your phone 24-7. No. <laughs> I try not to. I, I try to be invested more here. But, I mean, talking on the phone, I'm okay with having phone conversations, but only when I'm not doing anything else. Like only in the car is okay and some other things, but when I'm in a location, I don't like taking time away from that location talking elsewhere. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. I get that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, keep your – oh, sorry, no, go ahead. I talk a lot on the phone, but it gives me so much anxiety. Oh, because you're talking to people? I have to be by myself. No one can be around me. Because they might, hear, on the phone. they might hear what you're saying? I don't Are know. Are you talking about yeah, us? Yeah. It may be. 
that might be it. Are yeah. you complaining about us <laughs> to other people? It's like a if she received a phone call right now, she'd want to leave the room. Well, I can, we're on a radio show, Marco. I mean, that's understandable. Um, she, well, yeah. I mean, anywhere. Still. If I'm home, <laughs> I will. I'll walk out. I can see that, though. There's an element of, like, I can't necessarily focus on 12 things going at once, so I need a little bit of privacy. I just don't want anyone or, listening to me. Okay. What are you saying on the phone? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not, I have no idea. I'm going to have to analyze Is this another on plead this to fifth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, how about zombies? Uh, keep your friends close or keep your enemies closer. Keep your enemies closer. I'm not a fan of zombies. Eh, enemies yeah. closer. I'm, I'm over zombies. Over it. Yeah, so. it's, just, it's it's done. I was never under it. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Uh, so as a storytelling device, pop culture, just too much. Let's take a step back. I think I was over zombies after I Am Legend. I think I, I'd seen enough. I'm like, all oh, right, yeah. this is good. I'm, yeah. I'm good. Will Smith, zombies were good. And I just didn't need World War Z or anything else after that, or especially Walking Dead. I was never a fan, never, ever of Walking Dead. Could not get into that. Because it's set in Georgia and not in Florida? Maybe. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Maybe. That was my big thing with it. I feel like uh, Florida doesn't get enough attention. Any attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so any monsters in particular that you like or your horror genre fans at all? Or? I love horror. Okay. I love horror, but I'm more of a supernatural thriller kind of girl. Got it. Yeah, like I'm not into the gore. Right. But I love the door half open. Why yeah. are you looking over and at the you door? You don't know what's on the other what side. What is going on? Did you <laughs> checking out the door? That makes me nervous. Thank you for that. that Th this is a great environment for a horror. I mean, you yeah. got the windows and think, oh, wow. This oh, is, man, I'm, I'm totally okay, I gotta go creepy turn stuff. on all the lights right now. Thank you so much for that. How about uh, professional wrestling? Uh, keep your friends closer. Keep your enemies closer. Keep your enemies closer. Enemies closer. Enemies wow, we're, closer. we're on a trend here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. So uh, also you're married. Yeah. So I should mention that. Let me set the scene. Yes. Uh, Marco and Sam DeGeorge are here from uh, Truthful Acting. Uh, what's the full name? Truthful Acting Studios. Studios. And then also Theater on the Edge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you guys are here. You're also married. Yes. We are. And that's been going on for how long? 5 years? Yeah. Okay. Well, do you guys should I, yeah, get on the same yeah, page yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> the time as you get older, time kind of blends together. Uh-huh. It's hard to, you know, yeah. I'm just it's whatever she says. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> yes, I like that. Okay, well, let's get back to the game because that was uh whew, that tangents, was tough. Tangents. Uh how about uh colonizing Mars? Keep your friends close. Keep your friends close, Or man. keep your enemies yeah, closer. Keep, no, the fr friends close. Do you want to go there? I, I, yeah. I think that'd be cool. Sure. Yeah. I don't want to put anyone out, though. <laughs> you, oh, okay. So you want to go, but not necessarily if it means Yeah, like I don't want, going. like, uh, the human race to take over. Because, my God, really? Take a, There's nobody there. Well, I know, but just, like, just leave it be. <laughs> like, study it. But then just leave it be. Okay, Does so don't ruin it. Don't ruin it, right? Yeah. 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 Well, there's not, so there's no atmosphere. So we really there's, there's can't not much there. Destroy so. it all that easily. We'll be in self, here's the thing. So we'll be in self contained pods for the most part if we right. go, which means that if we mess anything up, we're toast. We're hosed. Right? So we can't really mess things up on the scale that we do here. But I feel like if we're all trapped, there's six, seven of us living in 14, 1,600 square feet, 
we can be super passive aggressive with each other. Oh, I, like we can mess we, up relationships. Sure. We're not going to mess up the planet. We're going to mess <laughs> with each other. The planet will be fine. What do Fair. you think about that, Sam? Fair. Yeah. Fair. yeah. Okay. Fair. Still want to go? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I think you convinced her. It was <laughs> great. That's perfect. That's what I'm uh, looking for. Uh, let's stick with um, technology for a second. How do you guys feel about driverless cars? Keep your friends closer. Keep your enemies closer. Driverless cars? Oh hell no. Heck no. Keep your friend. Keep your enemy enemies. Enemies closer. closer? Yeah. Enemies really? closer. Now see, I'm I'm friends close on that one. No. You gotta yes. have control of what that's of what's happening. Oh man, I I have you seen just driving here today? Have you seen the people on the road? Yeah, but then we all just become like just robots. We're all just becoming part of this. No, we're we're not becoming the robot. We let the robots drive the car. I know. No. No. So it's a control issue it. for you, Sam. Yeah. I so won't. you want control of a car? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, but if everybody on the road, so is it a safety concern? No, I feel like it's a, it, don't take away my ability to make decisions. Got it. Type so it's more thing. of a, a human condition yeah. concern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. I don't know, what if I'm driving somewhere and then I'm like, wait, I want to stop right here for a minute, you know? Well, you can like, still stop. You just, you plug it into the car where you're going. Uh, that's, yeah. And you say, like, I think the, I'm way like too this morning, we could have said, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I might just pull over at any given moment. I see something, I see a squirrel, yeah. I gotta go. Yeah, are, are that's you, exactly yeah. how yeah. I But are we pulling over on the side of the turnpike or our I-4 or what are we doing? It could be. Yeah. I, could yeah. it be? Yeah. You want to take that choice away so. from me? I, a little bit. I do. <laughs> I want to take the choice away from the people that are doing it so I don't run into them or they don't run into me. So what about um, uh, mass transit or public transit? Like, uh, have you been to places with subways? Or I love it. Buses? Okay. See, because I feel See? that's so old school. Right. Yeah. I love subways. I love trains. So, but a car, a driverless it's, car would essentially be the same it's thing. the same thing. Uh, no. Yes. I don't think so. But it is. <laughs> Tiny little trains and stuff. No, I don't, no, no. There's okay. something, because you're alone in a car. You're not, you know what I mean? You're not like with other people. In, there's in no social com- aspect. Yeah, yeah. So there's I, a, so, are you afraid that you and your car are going to get to be like really good friends? You know, and this 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 is funny because I'm a really bad driver. <laughs> this so is actually, true. This is funny. This actually, <laughs> the irony is there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> actually, I'm a really bad driver. So. <laughs> well, what about just on expressways? What if you're able to, to flip a switch? You get onto the turnpike. You, have you get onto the control. And we're ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, we're driving for thirty minutes, and it's like okay, flip it on auto. You can read a book. You can listen to a podcast. Yeah, without not, having to do it regardless. Not to no, a I'm certain kidding. degree. Yeah. But completely. Uh, I don't know. Maybe just like on a turnpike. Maybe how about like road trip? Okay. Not a even. Road trip not driverless. even. I don't no. know. Okay. Because then we almost turn it off at any time, though. It's it's like, here's the weird thing. She uses cruise control all the time. <laughs> like, she'll use cruise control on a normal road. Like, on a regular road. I feel like I'm saving gas, road. though. That's why I do it. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I use it because I, that's the only way I go to the speed limit, but yeah. But she, I mean, on a normal road, she'll turn it on two seconds. So I'll have to turn it off, stop at the stoplight. She'll start again, <laughs> use cruise. I'm like, what are you doing? See, but it's my choice. It is. Okay. But what yeah. if there was a button for choice of cruise control? Is cruise control baby is baby driverless car. It is automated. Yes. 
It's uh, automating we're, we're your taking speed. away the ability of people to make decisions. I like that take on it. I, I think that's interesting. The, okay. uh, the control aspect of it is yeah. going to be a big one for trying to get people to really uh, take on and, and embrace this technology. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So All we right. know that Sam has uh, control issues. That's good to know. <laughs> good to know. Uh, okay, so some schools and some states are actually bringing this back. Uh, learning cursive. How do you feel about cursive? The writing style, not the band, or <laughs> I guess if there's a food called cursive, but really just the writing style. Uh, keep your friends closer. Keep your enemies closer. I'm going to say keep your friends close. Keep your friends yeah. close. Yeah. yeah. Why is that? Uh, just because I feel like it's creative. Okay, so um, the art aspect the art of it. aspect yep. of it, right. Because I think the only time you officially use it is when you sign a legal document. That's You're true. You're using cursive. I'm scribbling at that point. But yeah, yeah it, it might look like cursive yeah, to the untrained eye. I don't know. I feel like for me, when I went to school and I, I learned to cursive, it was fun. Like I made designs out of out of cursive letters and stuff. It is very creative. So for me, just the creative aspect, not necessarily because it's going to be useful. <laughs> very nice. But I think it could because... Cursive allows you to write much faster than print. So, and, and I'm, I've been printing since high school, so I, I yeah. print right. And I can write fairly fast, but cursive is just so much faster. So there are these things now called computers, <coughs> also phones, that allow you to type much faster. It's different. It's, it's, it's when you're typing, you're not accessing the same creative part of your uh, brain than okay. when you're writing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as, as an artist and as a teacher of the arts, I, I like it in, in my classes, they all, everything has to be handwritten. Really? Yeah. And you feel like that opens up a little more of their. It does. It, it creative pores, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Because as they're writing, it's their creation. It, it, on, when you're typing on a computer, it's this, it's a, it's a font on a, you know, a black font on a white background. It's all very similar. It, it actually accesses the logical side of your brain. Yeah. But when you write, it accesses the creative side of your brain when you physically write. You're using your physicality to it. Your your handwriting is unique to you. Yeah. So that it it gets you into a different mode. And you, would you say working on the computer takes away a little bit of control? Well, it like definitely the computer's can. Trying sure. Trying to control you. Well, you only have a subset of. See, look at that. It ties <laughs> ties it in. You know. But sure, you have. A, you only have a subset of what is given to you versus right, when right. you're writing. You know. I mean. Thinking back just to school, you would write, then you would doodle on the side, and you would do all of this stuff, and, and it's, it's yeah, it gives you... I was a doodler. Yeah. Doodler. Still are. Yeah. You still do. You yeah, still yeah. sit, right? You, you sit there, and you draw little things. You're drawing right now. It's gorgeous. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, do I get to keep that afterwards? <laughs> yeah. Is that like a present for me? For sure. For okay, sure. great. Uh, there's so many things we could be doing because we're on the radio, so let's just assume that, yes, you're drawing... Uh, we're all drinking coffee. Absolutely. We're all super good looking. Well, I mean, that's yeah. true in your case, but uh, <laughs> let's assume the host is as well. All right. So on to the but next But we're thing. related, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be from the good side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Just obviously you got all the talent, all the looks, uh, all the brains. Um, I got to be on the radio. So it works out. Uh, how about pool baths? Keep your friends close or keep your enemies closer. And the idea of a pool bath is uh, pool bath. Uh, you have just done some yard work. You got to run some errands. You just jump oh, in the pool oh. rather than taking a full uh, shower or whatever it is that you do to prepare for your next stage in life. Keep your enemies close. <laughs> I don't like going in the cold. Pools are generally cold. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she just doesn't like the pool. Not a fan. Oh, okay. So, it, that, that's so what why about that... just the garden hose? If it's warm. Okay. Yeah. She just wants warm water. <laughs> I just so in the shower or something, you get warm water. So that's the whole got thing. It, if got the pool it. was warm, then she'd be all for it. I like it. I'm, like I'm it. all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Jump in the pool, sure. I could jump in the shower for two minutes and I'd be good, <clears throat> as long as the water's hot. The right. pool, not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Okay. What about the idea of not just, like, hosing off and being done? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's cool. Okay. Yeah. How about the beach, then? hate the beach. Hate the beach. So that's a keep your enemies closer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Keep your enemies closer. I, you know, I I like the beach at night. I like walking on the beach. I like uh, anything but the water. Well, I don't want to go, go in the water. That's how I feel. Well, there's there's things in the water that can But you also don't you. like it during the day? Not really. The sun is too hot. So you oh, like, way you like I like like taking walks on, the, like on the bike. Yeah. And well, the noise, maybe. I, I like the nature aspect of it. Right. There you go. I like walking along it. Like, I'll put my feet in the water. I just don't want to go anything below my, you know, or above my knees. Well, anyway, anything deep enough for Jaws to be there. (laughs) Jaws traumatized me for life. Yeah, me too. I used to, I honestly. were you when you saw it? Oh, I don't know. 10? That's a a good age. That's a good age to see a movie about a gigantic shark (laughs) that swims in the ocean. Because before that, I had no fear of the water whatsoever. Right. And then I had a friend that used to, you know, his, his dad was a scuba diver uh, and would snorkel and all sorts of stuff. So I would go out with them and do this type of stuff. No fear of, of this. And then all of a sudden you see Jaws and eh, there's something to fear. And it's this gigantic 35 foot shark that's in, you know, about four feet of water. It's right off the coast. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. It's eating people. I'm pretty sure you. he's in the pool as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Sam, you've got a lot of fears. <laughs> That came, for me, that came from a James Bond movie. I forget which one it was, but they were in a pool and out of, like, the light thing. The light, like the light thing, opens yeah. and then the sharks come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I don't know, Moonraker or something. <laughs> but ever sure. you watch this Bond movie and it's like, ooh, this could really happen. Yeah. They could, the sharks could come out of the light of the, well, everything's connected. <laughs> Everything is connected. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the sagest point you've made <laughs> so far. I'm just saying it's. it's Possible. Fears are irrational. <laughs> that is true. One hundred percent. Yes, that is true as well. All right. Uh, so let's do a couple more. How about uh, cobbler the dessert? Keep your enemies close. Oh, you don't like cobbler? I don't like sweets but at all. I'm not a fan. No. <sighs> Anything. Yeah. This we super disagree with sweets. Ice cream, chocolate bars. I'll have it if you force me. Like wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're more of I'll a savory. down a bag of potato chips. Like this, but yep. not, yeah. Cobbler? Yeah, the salt. Why would you eat that? No. It's fine. I mean, I, I, I'll eat it. I like all sweets, but oh, yeah. it's, it's not, not my first choice. choice. Yeah. Yeah, chocolate's my first choice. Cobbler yeah, or pie? Pie. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You seem like a pie kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> all right, one last one, and then we will take a break. This is a, a new store that just opened up uh, recently. It's called Amazon Go. Did you hear about this? They opened it up in Seattle. I think so. Is that, that the, like immediate thing? You order it and you go pick it up? or is that- uh, No, no. This is a store. It's like a convenience store. Basically, you walk in, you put whatever you want in the bag. Uh, you have an app on your phone. Okay. Uh, and then you walk out. There's no cashiers. Really? So they're tracking you through the store. They're tracking everything you put in your bag. Or if you take something out of your bag and put it back, that's it. I'm going to go with keep your enemies close. I was thinking you were going to go that way. That did seem like a control issue for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm torn on this one 
my feeling is keep your enemies close, but I understand this is where technology is going. But even in today, see, and it's funny that she says this. It's fu- This is weird because <laughs> she's the one that we're in a store and she wants to go to self-checkout. And I still like to go talk to a cashier and talk to a person yeah. and, and say, you know, I don't know. I just I like the human aspect of that. And she avoids that aspect in any no matter what we have wants to go through self-checkout. Well, because that's the ultimate control. Like you're yeah, checking like I get to do, yeah. yeah. We're discovering something here. There's yeah. a kind yeah, of thread That's what this show here. is all this about. Is, the discoveries <laughs> I've always wanted to be a cashier. <laughs> that's the discovery. Is that what it is? <laughs> that's the discovery. No, I just like the kinda, beep. Yeah. I like the UPCs. I like the beeping. Yeah. It's great. Right? <laughs> I get to do it whenever I want. <laughs> this is true. And I don't have to punch in or punch out. Yeah, and not so, get paid but, for it. But you, you would go into the store, put everything in your bag, and just leave. And that's not for you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It seems a little too too futuristic for me. I think I'm just super old school. Do you want to, like, do horse and buggy? Mentality. Like, there would be no driverless cool with a horse and be? buggy. Yeah. Right? Like, you can't put, there's no cruise control either. Yeah. It's trot, gallop, or still. That's my thing. I'm very old school. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that the concern, though, is how how much do they know about you and, and what are what are they keeping? Like if they if they can track everything that everyone buys, which they're doing now to an extent mm-hmm. on credit cards, they are, which is why there's there's a whole subculture of buy certain things with cash, right? Buy your books with cash and buy certain things. So they don't know what what you're reading, what you're doing. What are you uh, trying to hide? Hey, I'm just saying that that it's out there. This there's <laughs> there's this this subculture. Kind of Marco, <laughs> I think just, we're getting to something else here. Just so too. they don't yeah. categorize you in certain ways. Uh huh. It's like it's being done now. <laughs> like like Facebook. It's it you know it it amazed me for a long time until I realized how they did it. You'd go onto Facebook and they're they're advertising something that you're actually interested in. It's like how do they do that? It's because yeah. they collect so much information. Sure. From other things, you're on Amazon and, and you're looking for, okay, I need a, you know, a cable for this. And all of a sudden you see it on Facebook, it's advertised. And it's like, woo, this is creepy. Or convenient. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Can't if they're watching us that would... closely, just come to one of our shows. Oh, that's a good point. Right? Maybe that's how, <laughs> right? that's how you get them to more shows is yeah. to say, yeah. you know, you're, you're counter marketing to them. Right. I like it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> well, let's leave it at that. Uh, obviously, we have some good, bad business ideas, ideas coming up. So okay. you guys will be great for that segment. Nice. But we'll learn a little bit more about you, Marco, and Sam DeGeorger cool. here. And uh, let's hear some Patty Griffin, When It Don't Come Easy, which is the opposite of what we're doing today because everything's coming easy for you guys. Nice. You guys are good guests. Well, thank you. Good job with that. Thank you. Good job waking up early and coming to the studio. <laughs> We're, we're, we're still in okay. that process, yeah. but you okay. know. yeah. Uh, so Patty Griffin <laughs> on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This episode is being brought to you by Bated Breath, the coworker who comes in despite being sick. Gross. They claim allergies, just the sniffles, or even deny it outright. But you know the entire office is about to be decimated thanks to patient zero. Using new innovations from science, we can tell if someone is sick just from their breath. But can we force them to go home? Yes. Simply hide the baited breath sensor on their desk. If it detects viruses, germs, or other vile creatures, it will emit a foul smell, forcing the person to leave. Wait for your baited breath at toacertaindegree.com.
Patty Griffin on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, When It Don't Come Easy. My name is Nick. This is When It Does Come Easy. Uh, you're listening to a certain degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Very special guests every week, and this week is no exception. The husband and wife team of Sam <laughs> and Marco DeGeorge. What are you doing over there, Sam? Releasing my anxiety here. Okay, good. You have uh, essentially created your own fidget spinner out yeah, of a, a hair, hair tie. tie. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, so you guys, let's go through uh, the list of things that you do. Husband, wife. Yes. So you're married. Yes. Uh, yeah. You have children's. Yeah. Multiple. Yeah. Yes. Five. Which, five. Five. That's a lot. Yeah, I know. Why did you do that? I don't know. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> then you also work uh, what is essentially feels like from looking at the stuff that you do online about 82 different jobs. It feels like uh, at a couple of different organizations. <laughs> I think it's 83. 83. Yeah. At Truthful Acting Studio and Theater on the Edge. Yes. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. Amongst other things. Amongst other, I mean, you act, you yes. uh, direct, you write, I'm sure. So uh, I'm also an adjunct at UCF. Okay. And I am uh, in their film department, and I work with a creative media company in town called Doctrine Creative as well. So that's a lot. Oh, yeah. So why don't we go back to... It's a lot to juggle, but... <laughs> Truthful Acting Studio and Theater on the Edge, because yeah. that's how I know you guys. Yeah. So yes. Truthful Acting Studio was where uh, Monica Mulder uh, is a big fan of yours. She was on the show a couple months ago. Hi, Monica! And she was... Uh, she recommended that I talk to you guys, Sweet. and then you come in, and that's how I get a lot of their recommendations for guests. Nice. Uh, so let's talk about that, and then Theater on the Edge, because I know that, and we'll plug all the stuff that you guys have coming up, but right now... Uh, you have a new semester coming up at uh, Truthful. Yes. And it's starting next Monday, is that correct? Correct. Starting next Monday. Uh, we, we typically start our semesters three times a year. We, we mimic the, uh, the university structure. Mm -hmm. So we start in January, May, and August. So those are our new enrollment periods. Got it. And it, it, just, like, just like a university, I mean, we have our, you know, our, our fall, our summer, and our, you know, our spring whatever it's called. <laughs> so let me ask you this because I, I find it fascinating. The idea of uh, sort of lifelong learning and yeah. always being in school and always training, I think is important. Um, and I think that's especially important. You know, we can talk about the IT uh, culture where you have to go back for certifications and things like that. But I think for acting and people who want to be in theater, whether it's been your dream since you were little or it's something that you're going back to, this idea of going back for training uh, with professionals, with other people, though, that you can learn from, too, is really important. Yes, absolutely. So, and this is a studio that uh, you started, right, Marco? Or you helped start? Yeah, yeah. Um, I started it with uh, with my co-founder, Rob Moss, and uh, about 11 years ago now, which, wow, time flies. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, what you're just saying is, you know, I th in every technical pr profession, you have to kind of re-up your certification or, or continue your education. In the arts, it never stops. You're constantly having to evolve and learn and study. And I mean, these are for, you know, even for actors that have been in the industry 40 years, they're still learning new things and discovering new things because it's art. It's not technical where you learn something and you're, it's done. It's, it, it's an evolution because you're bringing yourself to it. Mm-hmm. So it's the type of training we offer and then that's offered all over is really 
it doesn't matter if you're just starting out or if you've been in the industry for 20 years, it's always good to continue to learn, to continue to push yourself deeper, to find what's inside of you that then you can bring out as an artist. So how does that work as far as, you know, the, the way I kind of think of it is, is resumes, right? Like if you go and get a certification or you're, uh, you're, you're working somewhere and you go and get a, a diploma from somewhere, you've got that and you can put it on your resume. Mm -hmm. How does that work for actors or, you know, other people who are going to go in? Maybe there's a, you get directors in your class who want to learn a little bit more about the acting side so they can direct yes. better or write better uh, if you're dealing with writers who are coming in. Mm -hmm. um, how does that work if you're going to, like, let's say you didn't graduate with a theater degree, if you did go to college, um, how does that work with a, a resume? How would somebody convey uh, that to a casting director or when they were going in for an audition? Well, for, for casting directors, they actually look for conservatory training. Okay. which means deep level training in a certain area, whether that's in a, a, a BFA program in a, in a university or there's these conservatories around the country that then offer this deeper le level training. Uh, we are a three-year conservatory. I mean, you can study for three years with us in the specific aspects of acting to get a deeper level process. And that that's looked highly upon on for actors and casting directors and directors and producers, especially in TV and film, uh, of looking at, they're looking for actors that are taking this seriously. They're looking for actors that, that they, they didn't just go to a weekend workshop one time and here I am, but that they are want saying- They people who've committed have to trained, it. Yeah. Sure, that, that have trained to do this because it's, acting is a very weird, in other even artistic fields, there's common sense that comes along with, oh, I want to play the guitar yeah, I have to learn how to play the guitar. And it's very simple. You pick one up and start playing it, and you're like, yeah, I can't do this. And so it's... It, That's how I always felt with a guitar. <laughs> any, <laughs> well, any musical instrument, And there's actually. a logic to that, or dancing, right? You go to dance a routine, and it's like, oh, I need to train to physically move in this way. There's, there's, there's a common sense element. Yeah. With acting, we don't have that because you look at the great actors, and they make it look so easy. It's like, oh, all they're doing is pretending. And I used to do that as a kid, you know, as a kid. They just have pretend. their lines memorized. Yeah, they That's just what memorize you think. that. Yeah. Memorize they're doing their lines. a voice and yeah. they're good. Right. But it's so much more than yeah. that. And so because of that misconception, actors have to go through a process of first learning what the misconception is and then learning. It's pretty much learning what they don't know. Right. And then fig then from there, fig you know, tr training in all of those areas. And so at the end of the day, casting directors are looking for actors that have gone through that process already and have trained in all of these areas and now are ready to take it deeper. And it's on their acting resume. Yeah. It, right. All, everything yeah. goes on their resume. Yeah. Right. Well, I also love the idea of you having like some sort of boot camp where you have to break them down first, like they're just going into the army or something. And instead of a gun, you give them a script and things like that. So yeah. you do that. Well, and it's, if not, would you like to? The believe it or not, the the first eight months of our program is that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm just thinking more severe, where you shave their heads and yeah, they have to sure. live in the barracks. Yeah, and we, we tattoo them on the forehead. All that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you hit them with these little pool thingies. Yeah, smackting is yeah, is, smackting, <laughs> smackting. Nice. <laughs> who, who was that? That not the. There was a skit G about it. Jimmy Kimmel did that one time called smackting. It was it, and it and I wanted to implement it. It yeah. was great. Yeah, someone's not doing something right. You just smack them. Uh -huh. No, do it again. Uh huh. That's not what you do, though. <laughs> no, that's not okay, what I do. Great. I think you're going to get way no. more students that way. 
No, but Kimmel did it and it seemed effective. So, I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, it's it's uh, the first. I say eight months. It's two semesters essentially of of our of our program is about breaking down old conceptions. Yeah. And the whole thing about a deep level process of acting is it's based in who you are mm-hmm. as a human being. But most people don't really know who they are as a human being, meaning we know who we our social aspect is. We know who we are out in the world. We know who we are when we're interacting with people, but we really don't know who we are underneath all of our social masks. And every character we ever play starts with our deepest essence underneath any social mask. And then we create new mask layers for the character. But those mask layers can't be put on top of our own social masks. So we have to take all of those off layer by layer. And it takes a long time to do that. It's a lot of therapy, actually. Yeah, it it's sounds very, like it. It's very therapeutic. Yeah. I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, uh, discovering who you are at your core and then allowing yourself to express that. Well, I think the other thing that probably happens is the the students in the class become very close as well. Yeah, there's there's a closeness that you end up having with your classmates that you don't have with almost anyone else in, in, in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. you become closer than even family or your closest friends because what you're, when you get down to your core and you're allowing that vulnerability to surface and express and you're showing it, you're allowing others to see it, you, there's a bond that, that you get with them that, uh, that you, you, it's very hard to find in this world. Yeah, our students are extremely close. Very nice. Which is awesome. So let's switch over and talk a little bit about Theater on the Edge. So this is something that you whoop, both whoop. started. Is that yeah. correct? Uh, and with uh, Alan Whitehead, which is our uh, third partner, which is actually one of our students. Oh, very yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was one of our students, and and then uh, a couple years ago, yeah. we we just finished a showcase uh, at from Truthful Acting that, mm-hmm. that Alan was a part of, and we came off of it. It was very successful, and and. We just were all talking, and it's like we should be doing this more. We should we should start a theater. And it was like all right, and that was the spark that just that led to to doing it. So and, finding the right people, finding the right moment, yeah. And it was just that. Why was it important for you to start it? Let me ask you that. Sort of the you, you know you get that enthusiasm. You have this great show, and you're like, oh yeah, we could do this. But what was the, you know, when you started to step back and realize, okay, well, we got to file paperwork, we got to figure out what shows we're going to be doing. Why was it important for you to continue doing that? Why didn't you just like most of my ideas just give up on it and say, oh, gosh, that seems hard. I have to learn how to play guitar. So here's here's the interesting thing. Um, I have a philosophy that if I have if I have an idea, uh, if I if there's a spark of an idea that really excites me. I start doing it right away and figure it out later. And it's once I take the first step to start it, now I have pressure on me to really figure it out. And so I actually, you know, we're early talking about the theater. It's like, let's do it. I took the next step and started going forward before I knew that there was paperwork to fill out. Yeah. Before I knew that there was what I need. I didn't know what I didn't know yet. So in that, in that kind of naive bubble, which is, Ignorance is bliss. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm a, that's I, I'm always when I'm there. I take the step, and then once I know what I don't know, then it like scares the, <laughs> the heck out of me. But it really, I was I started it before we did all that, uh, and then learned that oh, a nonprofit. What does that mean? And then Alan helped us out. At Alan's an attorney, so he helped us out figuring out all of that. 
um, just figuring out that, oh, yeah, we have to actually choose shows. That's, this is interesting. And how do we do that? Um, Sam, you know, discovered, because when we our first show that we did, our first official show was a show called American Buffalo by David Mamet. And it takes place in a 1975 uh, junk shop, Chicago junk shop. And so Sam was tasked to be the set designer. Yeah, Marco's like, we're going to do this show. You know, it's, it's, it takes place in Chicago, 1975 junk shop. Man, I took that and I ran with it. <laughs> I think that's where so, I like super discovered my passion for set yeah, design. Yeah, and this wasn't something you'd no, done before. No, it wasn't something that I sat and planned. It was like, okay, all right, so what does this mean? And I, I'm all about, like I said, I have old school mentality, so I'm all about authenticity. And I created this junk shop and everything that was in that set was 1975 and prior. Like, and I was really hard on myself that it had to be that way. Just not because anyone said anything right. to me, but just for me, like my standards. Well, it, yeah. And it, you, you're trying to set a scene literally, yeah. and you're trying to take somebody and make sure that nothing is taking them out of it. Right. 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 So even though is something might have been from 76, 77, 78, but you would have known that they might have known that that might have taken them out of the scenario that you're trying to put them in. Yeah. So the owner of the junk shop, uh, Donnie, I mean, it needs to be his junk shop, right? So this is, these are things he's collected like throughout so many years. So he knows everything that's in there. So every little detail that was in there needed to be authentic yeah. to the time. And it was interesting it was because so much fun. The time frame, the, the play takes place in seventy five, but it's a junk shop, meaning all of this stuff is actually from the forties. Yeah, I had and I had 30s. newspapers up on the walls that were from like nineteen hundred that I was able to find. Yeah, and well, oh, you had it. stuff from from the Chicago World's Fair and yeah. the early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, it was, it was it was amazing that the stuff that she was able to find, and we really didn't have a plan. It's like this was our thir first really official show and it was like all right well it's it's theater so we just need to build a, a set and what sam ended up creating was an actual environment not a set mm -hmm. and it was interesting and so it started us on this path of this thing called hyper realism yeah which is where it's it's immersive theater it, we wanted to feel like we actually went like if we did a show in here, right? It's like, well, this is an actual environment with actual stuff and the detail is, is very specific and we can just put a show. Well, we want our sets to be this detailed. Right. Yeah. That, that's my goal. It, it must feel real. Mm -hmm. Right. So if, if it's a 1975 junk shop, right, if it's a junk shop, yeah. it needs to look like a, a junk shop, not a set that was made to look like a junk shop. Right. Like so that's just my a goal. Painted as, piece of wood or right, something like that, that that's, in the background. That's my goal as a set designer is I don't want my sets to look like a set that was made to look like right so were you thing. studying were you going to the um rehearsals were you studying the script Study for different mentions of yeah things? studied the script um and do a lot of research of all the details that are mentioned in the script um so for example our next play is uh takes place in a classroom in chicago so i do a lot of research about schools in chicago yeah you know, Any particular what, what time do they period? Look like? Is it, is it it's, modern? It's, yeah, it's modern. Okay. It's modern day. Um, this is our first play that's actually yeah. modern day. Yeah, most of our plays are like a time period, like either the mm -hmm. 70s or the 80s. Well, yeah, I mean, tape was tape was our next one, which was a, a Lansing, Michigan Motel 6 room. 
Mm-hmm. Very specific, right? It was it was a Motel Six, but in Lansing, Michigan. So we she did research on the Motel Six in Lansing, Lansing Michigan, Michigan. <laughs> back in the nineties. What it looked like and developed. Nice. Yeah, that was the the set you actually got uh, nominated nominated for an, an award for uh, because it was it was authentic to a rundown Motel Six room. I mean, yeah. it was incredible. Yeah, was that it was, for the it was very dingy? That for the setties, you won that award. Or no, you were I nominated? Did, no, I was just nominated. Yeah, oh, okay. It was uh, it was something that that the Sentinel had done. Yeah, uh, sorry, okay. I was making a joke. Yeah, Seti's. Seti's. I, Come on, I you know it sounds. <laughs> it does there sound. are so many <laughs> of those things, though. There are so many like of these awards. You never know. <laughs> I, remember, I remember one time the my, our production company won something called a telly, and I, at the time I was like, "What's a telly? It's like it's, I don't, it looks like an Oscar, right? It's like shaped kind of like an Oscar, except it's called a telly." And like. Yeah. Great, thank you. I was like, right? It's like, okay, cool. It's, but it doesn't really, you know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? You won a SETI. I'm starting them right now. There you thank go. You. I like that. Thank yeah. you. Good. It'll or be your, your award. My award. I like that. Uh, yeah, 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 you won it to a certain degree. Oh, no. nice. Oh, see, and <laughs> terrible, look at that. terrible person. See what you did there. <laughs> terrible person. So. What else are you working on in terms of, like, what are you trying to bring to the Orlando community that other people aren't necessarily bringing to the Orlando community? Well, that's that's one of the things that, that we had talked about when going into the theater. And, you know, the, the first season of our of our theater, we're only in our second season. So last, last year, we were really just trying to put up the best material we could. And our model was a theater called the Steppenwolf Theater Company in Chicago. Uh, they started back in the 70s and they started with just a group of actors that had gotten together, a group of actors like uh, John Mahoney, Gary Sinise, John Malkovich. I mean, people we all know today, but back then who were just young actors who had came together and said, we want to put together theater that is based in authentic acting and just give powerful performances. And that's it. And today, the Steppenwolf Theater, which still exists, is one of the the most renowned theaters in, in the country. So it's like, okay, that's going to be our model. We want to come together and provide just very strong storytelling uh, and kind of feel it out. And so we do that with the acting, with directing, and then it ended up with also with the set, with the set as well, which it becomes another character yeah. in, in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so our first season was just all about feeling our way through that process. In our second season, uh, it was now focusing more in of, okay, what are we really trying to do? And it's bring, the goal is to bring human level stories, meaning things that we can relate to, uh, and to create conversation. We want people to come to the show, see it, be affected by something that they see, and then talk about it afterwards. Not talk about the show, talk about the themes of the show. Right. Talk about the themes of the show. Of yeah, and and begin that conversation because that's the way we start breaking down barriers and and bringing people together is create that conversation. And so now we're we're moving into a theme of our theater uh, called cinematic theater. And cinematic theater, the goal is to it's like you're watching a movie on stage. Yeah. We want it to feel like that with the lighting, with the music, with the acting, the level, the, the intimacy that, you know, how close, uh, are, you know, our, we have a small right. theater space. So as close as you are. And we've received some of that feedback this season of uh, of people that are not used to going to theater. They avoid theater. They're moviegoers. I but, was I never liked theater. 
Never. I, I always stayed away from theater. Because it's I absolutely adore it now. Yeah. Right, because it's very theater, you know? Right, there's a certain element of it, like, pretentious right. might be a word that you right. use. Right, right. Yeah. Theater, theater people are so into themselves, and, and, you know, they're all on stage, and they're using their hands really big and all that, and I, I never liked it. I felt, I felt it was very inauthentic. And it, it's what a lot of people know coming out of high school, high school yeah. theater, high school drama. It's, you know, it's, it's very performery, which it is at that stage. And, but this is something that we wanted to be more truthful. We wanted to really be like, we want people to really believe they're watching something real happen in front of them and they're not watching a show. And so because of that, we're developing a style called cinematic theater. We want to bring people from film Meaning they, they they go to the movies and they love the movies, but mm -hmm. we want to bring them and get, make this their first theater experience and and op hopefully open them up to now go see other theater. Just kind of branch their their mind into saying, okay, well, this was like watching a movie on stage. Now let me go experiment with other theater. Yeah. Great. Well, that ties very well into one of our bad business ideas that we'll have coming up. Excellent. Yeah, but first, let's uh, let's take a little break. We've got some songs and some commercials. Thank you very much for that, though. We'll talk a little bit more about truthful acting and theater on the edge. Uh, but let's listen to a song that does segue into uh, the corporate world. Keep your nose out of my business. I really need to work on the emphasis. Uh, that's by Calvin Bowes on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This episode is brought to you by Ice Pants. Are your trousers ready for a rise in temperature? A literal rise in the temperature of the earth, not the fun kind. It will be once you get a pair of Ice Pants. Similar to a regular pair of slacks, Ice Pants are lined with a space-age polymer that stays cold all day. Throw it in the freezer each night, ready to go in the morning. They come in a variety of styles, and so long as you don't iron them, you or your town won't be exposed to deadly radiation. Also, don't get them wet or feed them after midnight. Ice pants. Climate change? More like climate chic. Order at toacertaindegree.com. Jimmy Smith on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. One of my favorite all-time songs that was Walk on the Wild Side. Uh, actually, from the movie Walk on the Wild Side. So that is a uh, a soundtrack uh, sort of album. And that's appropriate since Sam and Marco DeGeorge are here. DeGeorge or DeGeorge? DeGeorge. It's been fully DeGeorge. Americanized. Yes. Okay, DeGeorge. <laughs> so uh, my name is Nick. My name is actually Nick Jorgudiu, which uh, means son of George. Your name probably means son, son of, of George. George. It does. It might be the same George. It may, maybe. We don't know. We don't know how prolific. Wife of George. Our ancestors were. <laughs> yeah, there's one George guy may there's, have been going around. Man, yeah. maybe dude? it was King George. Maybe have gotten Ooh, around. Yeah, this could, could be. be. Could, could mean be. something. Yep. So I'm glad we're all related because that means when I'm pitching you some terrible, terrible ideas, uh, you have to just encourage me. Okay. I think which is nice. So, but first we have to hear uh, the song. Bad business ideas. Time to pick just one. It's gonna be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, let's have fun. Yes, bad business ideas. Was that you? you? It is yeah. not me. No, no, that is definitely not me. Uh, if you kind of squint there, your eyes, they almost look real. Uh, so before we get to your bad business ideas, and guys, by the way, by being on the show, 
And this segment, you have to choose between two bad business ideas. Okay. Now, you can choose the same one. You can choose different ones. Mm. The important thing is by being on the show, you've essentially signed a contract that says you're going to run with these. Now, just based on everything that we've talked about so far, you have plenty of time. Okay. Yes. Uh, obviously, absolutely. you're in theater, so <laughs> tons of money. <laughs> so you're going to be able to invest in it. And then I'll just be a silent partner that will benefit once it's profitable. Okay. I'm, so that sounds fair. Yeah. Yes. I okay, great. It. So an older idea that isn't very profitable yet, I just wanted to talk about before we I present you your new ideas. This is an older one. I was really, uh, you know, looking at sort of the drive share, ride share, and then the delivery service of food. And I'm just looking at more cars on the road, maybe driverless cars or even drones. You're taking up electricity, you're taking up gas. It's not great for the environment. So, you know, thinking about ways that we could do this a little more efficiently or at least better for the environment, maybe not efficiently. But the old school ways are the best ways, Sam. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, man. So when you're hungry, you drive and you go get your food. No. How do we deliver it without any kind of gas usage at all? Old school way. Star Trek did it. Well, yes. I think from a technology standpoint. Yes, if we went there. But yeah, that's some sort of invented. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to go back to uh, medieval times. Okay. Catapults. Ooh. So the name of the company is Fly Me to the Prune. And what we would do is deliver your food to your front door, I don't know how well, via catapult. (laughs) So you would order it. We would set up a catapult at the public's parking lot, and we would shoot your food at you. For some reason, I I initially went to a catapult because I I saw a cow flying. But that's just me. Could be. I mean, most people want their stuff already chopped up. That's true. So that that would be the raw material. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you you have a cow, maybe, and that's where you're getting your milk and your... This sounds like a middle school cafeteria fight. That's what oh, this idea yeah. sounds like. Okay. <laughs> so this is not, this so, might be why this idea is not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, well there's, 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 like, it's like a science project, like those science projects where you have to throw something off a building and make, make sure it survives. Yes. So it has to be packaged just uh-huh. right. Maybe parachutes. You could catapult it and have it and para- parachute so down. it lands safely. Yeah. I like it. See, this yeah. is why I brought this See, to you guys. You I, obviously have a lot of uh, irons in the fire. It could, it could happen. Okay, so we're going to try that out. Let me just write that down for Fly Me to the Prune. We get some uh, some new yeah. catapults. We obviously need to get catapults. Prune, if anybody knows. You know, prunes you know could turn cow? somebody off, though. Like, you know, the, the, you know, I mean, just the word prune, it's... How about uh, tossed salad? It's... Better. Okay. Here's the thing. How many catapults do you actually need? your salad? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that one. Yeah, okay. Uh, How many catapults do you need? uh, Well, just one to start. (laughs) Yeah. So you have one. Sam, you're a set designer. Where would you go for a catapult if you were doing a play that required a catapult? You want to be hyper-realistic. You want to have a catapult there in the background. Well, maybe start- it's maybe it's waiting for Godot, and that's the reason he never got there is because <laughs> he got catapulted away. It's definitely almost, not at Publix. It's like a giant wooden spoon. Yeah, that's what yeah. you start with. Right. Yeah. A right. giant ladle. That's, yeah. And then you build it from there. Where are you going to source that? Are you going to build it, Sam? Oh, can you build that for us? Oh yeah. Okay, great. So we've got it. So okay. we're good. All right. Okay, so let's put let's put uh, tossing your salad to the side. <laughs> Can't believe I said that out loud. Uh, Marco and Sam, may I call you Marco and Sam? Yeah, you can call me Matchbox. Great. What? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm a, I'm a huge Matchbox that's her stage 20 name. fan. That's my stage name. Okay, got it. Uh, movie soundtracks and scores. Uh, they're often very thought through and sometimes even add a layer of depth to the cinematic experience. Maybe you've noticed that in some movies before. Yes. Yeah. You've seen, sure. you've seen movies. Yeah. I'm yeah. assuming. <laughs> some of them have had music. Michael some. Giacchino. Yes, that is a person. He's my favorite. Uh, now, sometimes, I'm not saying every time, there are movies that aren't great, but the soundtracks are great. Or yes. vice versa, the movies are great, but the music isn't all that great. Sure. Or it doesn't have music, and you're wondering, why doesn't this have music? I'm very distracted by the fact that it doesn't have music. Can we fix that? The movies that don't have good music, good movie, bad music, bad movie, good music. Sure. Yes. I mean, yeah, yes. of course you can fix it. Right. Maybe. Our new company, this is pitch number one. All this right. is idea number okay. one. All right. Swap Beat will rescore movies, but with the music from other movies. Like, we won't have to bring in musicians oh. and try to swap the music out with our own music. We'll just take music from another movie and put it in that movie. Does that make sense? So here's some yeah, examples. Sure. Okay. These are going to be subjective. So okay. you might like a movie that I don't like, or I might not okay. like a movie that you don't like, uh, or we might agree. Who knows? Tim Burton's Batman didn't like it. Uh, but Danny Elfman's score is excellent. The Prince songs are horrendous. But Danny Elfman's score is amazing. Can we take that and put it in another movie that, say, wasn't scored as well? Like, for example, 2004's Adam Sandler and Drew Bar Barrymore vehicle, 50 First Dates. So the Batman soundtrack Ooh. behind 50 First Dates Ooh, bumps I, it up another You level. know, and it's interesting because actually I have that soundtrack on vinyl. Uh, the Batman? The Batman, yep. the, the Timber, yeah, well, yeah, that, uh, the, well, the Danny Elfman score. Yeah. I have that on vinyl because it was so amazing, much more amazing than the actual film. Right. But yeah, 50 First Dates gives it a little edge. A little bit more. A little bit more of a, ooh, we don't know what's going to happen. Don't know what's what's coming. I, I'm into I, it. I think that could A little work. more dramatic. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what did the Blues Brothers have too much of? Cocaine? Right. The, <laughs> the Blues. Okay. <laughs> I never really got the connection between the characters and the music. So that was something that was very unclear. I think it was about two men who were in love. Maybe. I actually have no idea. No. No. Blues Brothers? Yeah, Is sure. that pretty much yeah. what it was? But they were on a mission from God. I, I didn't get that. Oh. That was in the movie? You didn't? Nah, it, it was kind of a... May have seen yeah, a different movie. It was movie. passed over. But what I'd like <laughs> to do is take the soundtrack from 500 Days of Summer, which I didn't understand that movie either, the premise of that, because I didn't... It, was it 500 Days and her name was Summer? Is that what it I was? I watched the movie. That's Zoe Deschanel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Love her. But anyway, Blues Brothers, Blues Brothers with a great soundtrack. 500 yes. Days of Summer has a great soundtrack uh, and more of a love story. So changes that movie. It would change it. Yeah, that would change that up quite a bit, quite a bit. And yep. uh, yeah, I think I think today, I think that would work really well. It modernizes it. it. Yeah, it yeah. completely modernizes it. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm rooting for them a little more. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was the thing. I was rooting against them the entire time. Yeah. So I, I didn't works. really, I don't know it that I watch about, movies yeah. <laughs> the right way. Uh, how about uh, the Love Actually soundtrack played during Fast Five? I think that would be nice. I, I think, again, there wasn't enough love songs in any of the Fast and Furious movies. I, yeah, I, I, th I think anything in, in that genre of the right. Fast and the Furious needs something new infused into it. Okay. That's not so... Fast and the Furious. Uh, Hunger Games with the soundtrack from Singles. So Singles was all grunge music from the early 90s, and the Hunger Games was 
kind of grungy if you think about it. It was it, like Seattle it was in the early getting 90s. There. Yes, it, true. Yep. It was. It's getting there. It's more like Detroit today. It's it's getting there, and it, but it needs that extra yep. punch. Okay, so that's Swamp Beat. Watch movies differently with your ears. That's the tagline. Ah, nice. Okay, okay. so that's just idea number one, you guys. Okay, okay. All right, this is... Yeah. I, this is good so Any far. additional yeah. thoughts on yeah. that one? You like it? You don't I, have to I, say anything. No, I think it's working. I think it's working. Because, <laughs> you, know, I'd, I'd, you know, maybe I would actually like The Last Jedi with a different score. score. I don't know. I think you would like it as a different movie altogether. <laughs> yeah. I think, you yeah. know, it, uh, yeah. that's true. I think I would too. Uh, okay, second idea. The last score. Baggage. We all have it. Yeah. And I mean literal baggage, not the metaphorical kind. Sure. So luggage, we go on trips, road trips, uh, other kinds of trips. We have a trunk, maybe, uh, one of the rolly bags. Okay. Uh, maybe we get fancy and we call them a valise, is, I think is how you pronounce it. Okay. Uh, and it has our stuff in it. Let me ask you this. First of all, what's the plural of luggage? Is it luggages? It's, no, it's luggage. Or is it just, it's luggage? just luggage? It's just like fish. Yeah. Okay. Or sheep. Got it. Yeah. That's fine. Now, let me ask you this question. Is luggage impressive? Do they make us, are they, is it a plural? Is it them? Does it make you want to be a better person? Your luggage. Does luggage want to make you a better person? Or does, does luggage, luggage make you a better person? Make you want to be a better person? Is luggage, uh, is your luggage currently aspirational? No, not at all. Right. M yeah. You mean physically? Yeah. No, it's just. Do you no. look at it and want no. to be a better person? No. No, it makes Great. me want to travel. Right. Until now, <laughs> our new line of luggage or luggage line will make people feel like they will aspire to great things because each piece will be shaped like a musical instrument. So your Ooh. luggage, basically they already have these cases for violas yeah. and violins and everything else. We're going to convert that to luggage. Totally into that idea. That's very so cool. Instead of carrying, also, you know, sometimes the old school Chicago guys would carry the Tommy guns in there and stuff like that. I was like just going to say, that's, you yeah. Know, no, 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 no. There's a Robert Rodriguez movie, I think. You're that was just going to hold that. your clothes um, and your toiletries and your other unmentionables. The name of the new company is called Carry a Tune. And so the idea is it's just going to look like, it's going to act like regular luggage, but it's going to look like you're a musician, Ooh. especially when you're not. Okay. Like, for example, me, I cannot carry a tune. I cannot play anything. But now I can carry a tune because of this company and carry it around my little uh, cello case. I look cool. So everybody's a rock cool. star. And maybe I feel like I can someday play cello. Yeah. Right. It makes me feel like I have the confidence to feel to not only lie to people. Yeah. But to feel like I could do this someday. Yeah. And the kids carry around the flutes. Not that much. Flute cases? Well, yeah, because flute cases. we have we have different sizes. Yeah. Depending, depending on, on what your needs travel. are. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. This I think is... we would do rentals, maybe. You don't necessarily mm -hmm. have to buy these, but there's harps if you really need a lot of stuff. Sure. There's the harp case. Uh cellos, violas, violins, saxophones. You could bass almost saxophones. You know, if it's a rental thing, you could almost rent the wardrobe to go with it as well, to look like the musician yeah. that you're actually traveling with. I like a the whole costume. Like a stereotypical yeah, musician. Abs absolutely. I like it. Yes. And it could be like if you're carrying a harp, it might dress up a little nicer. Yeah. Uh, versus, you know, if you're carrying a guitar case, you know, give you the grunge look. The, so you know, this like, business idea will open other business ideas. Yeah. yeah. Well, it reminds me a little bit. There was a bad business idea called Busk Box, 
which is a monthly uh, clothing box, but okay. for people who busk on the corners, like mainly musicians and stuff. So it would give you some uh, non-matching clothes or older thrifty looking st- clothes so you don't have to go and shop in the thrift store. Ah, and you'd be ready to go to go play your guitar or just carry your case around yeah. to make it look like you're going to play guitar on a street corner. Yeah, so this, this ties is, into a number of different this things. This really yeah. does tie in, yeah. Yeah. And it's really a little bit of acting, maybe. You have to yeah, pretend well, to know, you know the that actual what you're musicians doing. would yeah. be so pissed. <laughs> I think they'll be fine. <laughs> I think they'll be okay. If it's done well, they won't even know. They won't even know. True. They won't That's even true. know. Yeah. Because if we dress them up properly, you put the sunglasses on, give that whole pretentious, like, don't talk to me thing. You know, it, it all Can fits in. Can we put in. patches on these luggage? I was 100%. thinking the same thing. Yeah. 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 I was Decorated. thinking the, the patches, yeah, the, the the stickers of the different cities or the tour. I can, I can feel this already. I think you guys are going to go research where to get all this luggage. You're going to be able to tear out all the stuffing or whatever's in it and the instrument. Who needs that? And uh, then be able to just set it up as regular luggage and figure out the rental situation, well, the Airbnb I, yes. situation. I love it. Well, you're going to want older cases anyway yeah. to make yep. it look like, oh, I've had this a while. Oh, you so, may already have some from see, so uh, we'll one take, of your sets. Yeah, all the, as people are upgrading their actual cases, we'll turn those into luggage cases. This could work. I, and I, l- I like just it. love the idea of somebody opening up a guitar case and that's just their, you know, underpants in there. You're right. Not a guitar at all. And there's the indie collection. Yep. You know? There's oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You can the, have different the indie color. artist, the mainstream collection, yeah. the classical yeah. collection. Right. Mm. Guys. See, look at this. I'm <laughs> super psyched about how much work you're already putting into this <laughs> and how much work you're about to put into this. I love it. I love it. So that's carry a tune. Uh, out of the two of them, carry a tune uh, or swap beat. Oh, I'm totally into carry a tune. Yeah, carry a tune. Absolutely. Yes, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't want to choose for you, yeah. but you guys are doing this one. Yeah, I like that one. Very nice. Well, we chose wisely. Yeah. I, I And I chose my guest wisely. So uh, well, if, do you have any? chose to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> See how it all ties in. Everything just ties in. Nice. Uh, So any bad biz ideas on your end that you want to pitch while you're here? We're on the radio, so you can pitch it to all the people listening. There's a podcast version of the show. Uh, I can't say that anybody won't steal it, but maybe you do want people to steal it. Just to prove you right. You know, I mean, a lot of the the bad business ideas I've I've had have already come out. Like, I had the idea of mixing ketchup and mustard together in the same bottle for hot dogs, but I think that someone's already done that. They've done the peanut butter and jelly together, and the I, peanut I butter didn't jelly. really get well, that. And apparently, mayo and ketchup is a big thing in Europe. Oh, and they're that's bringing pink that sauce. over. Yeah, they're bringing that over to have its own. I grew up thing. eating that. Yeah, it was pink sauce. Now well, they, they have, actually, but it's had... divided though. They, it's like actually like ketchup no, on one no. side. No, 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 no. Is... Oh, they have it mixed. This is mixed. I'm talking like a, like if you have ketchup on one side, mustard on the other, and it comes out of like two different things. So you can so like that it's one like Irish toothpaste. whiskey. Yeah, kind of like the one. So when you're putting on your hot dog, it's yeah. it's all like together. You know, it's you're not using you don't, have to, you don't have to get the ketchup and then the mustard. It's all together. I see. So you, what you're solving is the time sensitive issue of eating that hot dog. Yeah, well, and also having one bottle in in your fridge instead of two, instead of having a ketchup so space and a mustard. And time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's great for barbecues. Fourth so of July. The space time continuum. Yes. You might tear a hole in it though by combining yes. these two. You have things. to be very careful. You have to be super careful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. But, I mean, if you tear a hole, it could cause some really fun discoveries. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I like uh, it. Just, okay. 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 So the <laughs> the space travel bottle of condiments. That's what we're doing. Got it. I like it. I, I I'm, like it. I'm all for it. Sam, any other uh, bad business ideas? No, but do I have time to think? Of course. <laughs> so I can come up with one. Yeah, you can. Let's listen to a song while you're doing that. Cool. Uh, how about exit music for a film, appropriately enough, Ooh. since we didn't pick the soundtrack one. Love it. Uh, you'll hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This episode is brought to you by Amplifier, Florida. It's pretty dag hot here. So who needs a full-time fire pit? Not you. But what if you need a part-time fire pit? Well, then Amplifier is who you're going to call. Based on the number of people at your event, we bring the right amount of wood. We bring the proper pit. We set it, and you won't forget it. We're also working on a line of GMO trees for more garish scents and smoke colors. Some have become sentient, but that's for God to worry about, not you. Amplifier. Prometheus may have stolen fire from the gods, but we're delivering it in 30 minutes or less. Now, on with the show. Radiohead on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from one of the best albums of all time. Okay, computer. I, I don't know how to emphasize the words on that title, but uh, that was exit music from a film. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Very special guests every week. This week is no exception. Sam and Marco DeGeorge are here. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Relatives, distant cousins, potentially. But I, I think so. We, I, I really, I don't even think we need to do Ancestry.com. I think we, no. we have enough information. Plenty of hair. Yeah. Oh, wow. Same uh, color. Swarthy. Oh, yeah. Musky. Yeah. Flop sweats. So Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just me. Is that me? I thought it runs in the family. It does. It runs okay. completely through. Yeah. Great, great, great. <laughs> Truthful Acting Studios, Theater on the Edge, you guys are here representing uh, both of those organizations. And so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is how music enters in the process. So there's a few different processes here uh, that we're talking about. So uh, for you, Sam, with the set design, um, are you, for example, listening to music to get you going while you're doing this? Are you listening to music that's kind of from that era, whatever you're trying to set up? Yeah, so both. Uh, so my set builder, his name is Chris Sivers. He's like my right-hand man. We listen to a lot of German pirate music. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, what is that? <laughs> so it's like pirate music, but sung like in German. <laughs> it totally so gets like us pumped. So like a yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum, but in German? Yeah. Interesting. Totally gets us pumped. <laughs> that is a so sub-genre of music that I didn't realize existed. Have you heard of this band that sings German, but like like the 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 main singer's a cat? <laughs> it's great. I've not. I, I yeah. I, it gets you going. I think yeah. Totally. You know, and then and then obviously if we're doing um like a play in the seventies, we'll go back and listen to seventies music. That's really cool. Gets you in the mood and in the feels for it. It helps you with your creative process as well. You find? Yeah, I think just music in general. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what I'm listening to as long as. You know, it's not depressing. Yeah, but your call sign comes from where? Matchbox 20. There you go. Yeah. Right? She's called Matchbox because she listens to Matchbox 20 all the time. All the time. All the time. Right? Yeah. All yeah. the time. I absolutely adore Rob Thomas. All the time. <laughs> just, just saying. No, it's, all, it's all the time. No, it's usually not in front of people because I know it can get a little tiring for it's others. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I'm not people because it's all the time. <laughs> You're not. No, no, no. Uh, you guys are married, I should say. So yeah, yeah you're not. Yeah, you're, so you're not no, people, Marco. Just, no, <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, I get it. 
He's what? an Alanis Morissette <laughs> kind of guy. I'm a Rob Thomas kind of girl. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Which they're actually friends in real life, and it's really cool. Well, I assume they were friends in real life. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. All musicians are. Well, Alanis Morissette is Canadian, so yeah. she's probably yes. friends with everybody because she's amazing because she's Canadian. Because she's Canadian, yeah. Yeah. I, I may bring that up once you. or twice. It's all about you. It's all about you, Nick. I may bring this up once or twice uh, a show or every 45 minutes. Um, the idea of live theater uh, and live music is very similar in my head because it's the idea is that it's very perishable, right? Like you could you could buy a soundtrack from a movie um, or you could buy the soundtrack from a musical, let's say, so Hamilton. Right. Um, and that's the score and that's the music and that's all of those things. But the experience of seeing a live show, whether it's theater or music, that'll never happen exactly that way again. Right. So it's a very, very special thing that you're seeing. Um, and so having an appreciation for that is important. But yeah. the music, I find, is important as well. So, um if it's just music playing, like if the set is somebody's apartment and music is playing on the radio, what's playing on that radio or what's playing out of that uh, that boombox is really important for setting the mood. So sure. how important is it for you guys to to look for that music and get that music ready when, oh, you're, when you're staging a play? Extremely important. It's just as important as the acting or the set. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or I the mean, lighting. The music we use music for for pre-show, yeah, like, like meaning the hour before the show, as as audience members are arriving, uh, and we feel that's extremely important just to to begin setting the type of mood that we want them to feel before the show even begins. The right. opening song to a show is very important, saying this is what you're going to get ready for. Uh, we use it for transitions between scenes, which to me goes from two feelings, the feeling of where we came from and then the feeling of where we're going. Mm -hmm. So like one, like a one minute segment of a song needs to be able to do that. Uh, and then, you know, and then the closing of uh, the closing and of course, anything we use in a scene, if that's, uh, you know, if that comes up as well. So music selection, we spend an exhausting amount an of time. An exhausting amount of time. It has Just, to be, yeah. yeah, it has to be very specific. Yeah. How do you, um, since you guys would just pick Alanis Morissette and Matchbox 20, <laughs> do you bring in anybody else from the outside world no, to don't. help you? Funny we enough, pick, we haven't yeah. used either one yet yeah, just because haven't. it, it doesn't But believe fit. me, every show we we're trying. Every, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we try and it just doesn't work. Yeah, it, we, we try to scour things that, uh, well, one, we want to be time specific. So we, sure. we, yeah. that's, that's very important to us. So if it's said in 1994, you're not going to have... Uh, necessarily something from today right. on there. Yeah, right. so, so we try to go to 1994 or earlier. Yep. And and because music is, it brings people back. It's very nostalgic. So trying to use the music to an era, I think helps helps the mindset of where we are. Um, and, you know, it was, it was great when we did uh, Orphans earlier this year. That was 80s. And it was a it was so fun to go back and choose this this song palette from the eighties. Now there's so much to choose from. I mean the eighties was like my favorite genre yeah. of music. It but it's it's now trying to really pinpoint which songs paint the picture that we want to to do. Mm -hmm. Um and that's it's it's fun. It takes a lot of time because we go through a lot of different music, but it's it's so much fun. Have you ever locked it down and then just something will come on the radio or something random will come up in your uh, uh, in your playlist and you're like, oh, crap, that's a better song. I need to put that Yes, yeah. It just we, happened to us. It just happened to us <laughs> in our latest run of Proof. We opened the show 
and then changed some of the music. Yeah. So it just, after the show opened and, and it just, it's like, no, we found things that worked better and we, we, we changed it out. That's interesting. So how do you rehearse for that? How do you like, uh, you, do you play it in the theater and you're like, does this, is this setting the right scene that you want for, and then you go directly into the rehearsal or something like that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the, the technical process happens kind of simultaneously as the, yeah. the acting process and everything else. And we bring it all together in tech week. Uh, where that's the first time we're running the show all together with lights and with music and, and everything else. And, you know, we only have that one week, maybe a week and a half to really figure out, does this all work? And there's so much happening leading up to opening night. And, and sometimes that's called, we... <laughs> that's called Rainbow Week in the theater, correct? How Rainbow week? and Happy Week? Yeah, ha- yeah, yeah, yes, it's Happy yeah, Week, okay. yeah. it's Yeah, because everything's great. It's just We get a lot of sleep that week. Yeah. We do, we do, yeah. yeah. We, we drink martinis, and so it's... it's <laughs> well, that's probably true, well, actually. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, believe me, if we did, we, we would be sleeping. But no, it's it's we're constantly churning through, and through the whole run of a show making decisions and still changing things out. Even if we go into, into the last weekend of a show, if we find something that, you know what, this works better, we'll change it out just yeah. for that yeah. last weekend. It must always get better. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting yeah. because but, the, again, that is, that's going back to the original idea is that's always makes it different every time you go to a show. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's that every experience is so unique and we want to, you know, so if people come to two different shows, we want them to experience two different shows. I mean, the show is the same, but we want them to still have a brand new experience that night. Well, you might notice something. You might be able to concentrate mm-hmm. on a different character a little bit more, something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Let me go back to, you were talking about how you want to create a cinematic, cinematic theater, theater experience. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the difficulty with getting people to experience theater, like you said, for the first time? Like, what is the big hang-up there? I, I think the biggest hang-up is that th- what they equate theater to. And they're equating theater to typically a high school experience. A lot of people, even in their 40s, are like, no, I don't want to go to theater because, you know, it's all that dramatic stuff, right? It's all, it's all, and they're thinking of what they did in, in high school, which is either musicals, mm-hmm. which aren't necessarily done at the Hamilton level, uh, or it's it's theater that was overdone. Meaning, uh, when you watch a movie, you're I mean, you know, you're typically when you're watching good movies, you know, uh, in the movie theater, you're watching well acted pieces. Whether you like the story or not, they're still well acted, well put together. And a lot of times when you go to theater, uh, thinking of high school theater, even college drama, it's it, these are kids that are just learning it. So they're not, you know, it's not at that level. So you're still equating theater to what you did in school and not really what's out there professionally. And there's just a lot, there's a disconnect where they just don't understand that, wow, you can get really good performances and a really good story live right in front of you. That's not overacted. That's not over theatrical. Well, I feel like there's a, there's like, I get a lot of phone calls for, for truthful acting of people that want to take our classes. And one of the main things I feel um, that I hear is, oh, I want to get into film and TV. I don't want to do theater. Like theater's not my thing. Like I'm not yeah. into that. That's, it, I feel like people have this idea that theater's amateur or that it's not as professional or it's not 
prestigious. Yeah. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. And it's actually the opposite. Right. Right. And that's where you get the best training is in theater. Uh, And even the greats are still doing theater. You see Denzel and Viola Davis and they're doing theater. And I mean, that, that speaks volumes. Um, So there's this idea out there. That's all it is. I think I had it as well. You know, you think of theater, you think of high school drama. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's also you can kind of position it as a as a risk issue, right? I I can go to a movie and I kind of know what I'm getting, and I'm not taking any risks. Uh, or I can go to see a show at Theater on the Edge or any number of incredible places that we have in Central Florida because we have such a, an amazing amount of talent here. Uh, but it's it's a little bit of a risk. I don't know exactly what I'm going to get. Yes. How cool is that? Yeah, that's that's the more <laughs> fun part, I think, for me, is yeah. that, yeah, you're going and you're doing something a little bit different. And, and it's happening uh, right in front yeah. of you, so it's it's oh, it's such a great experience. I, I think people also equate theater to musicals. I just think that's, yeah. right, oh, that's right where that's it goes. True. And even when you, even TV shows and stuff like Glee, I think they're thinking, oh, that's, that's and that's again, Glee about is, a yeah. drama department, right? They're, they're looking at it and saying, oh, that's what theater's about. It's about singing and performing, and, and it's like, eh, I really don't want to see that. I want to go see Infinity Wars instead, you know. And and so it's, they don't understand that there, yes, there is a musical element to theater. Sure, that there are musicals and, and mm-hmm. that type of performance, but there's also straight plays where it's more dramatic, even, you know, whether it's a drama, comedy, whatever, it's, it's you can get some really just straight stories that, you know, that are as inviting as, as a film. That's why we came up with this concept of cinematic theater. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So Infinity Wars, the musical, <laughs> at some point. You know that's coming. We're I, mean, going to, you, I mean, right right here. I mean, you understand that that will be on, on ice. Start working on, on ice. ice. <laughs> Infinity <laughs> Wars, the musical <laughs> on ice. Man. That's coming. I like it. I like it. That's a right. bad business idea. Well, that is a, that's it'll going, make that, a that's ton going of money. to happen. Though. It'll make a ton of money. It will. So in that sense, it's a great idea, but it's a bad creative idea. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and switch over. I still have to pick. You're both charming. You're both wonderful. I really enjoyed our time today. It's almost over. Is it really? Yeah. It goes so fast. It goes oh, so fast. It did. Uh, so what I'd like to do is do just a quick pop quiz. Okay. And uh, see if I can score you to a point where I, I can choose a favorite. Okay. All right. So uh, uh, now this is a very important day in history. Uh, in the year 1792, for example, uh, on today, just like today, April 30th, a great man passed away, Edward Montague, who was also known as the fourth Earl of Sandwich. Yes, Edward is credited with the invention of the sandwich or the naming of the sandwich, depending on who you talk to. Uh, and thus, is this is a quiz to test your knowledge of the sandwich. Your sa- your submarine savvy, your BLT brains. Ready? All right. Oh, boy. Okay. We will never know if John Montague really invented the sandwich, but we do know what he was doing when he ordered one. As the story goes, he was very busy with this activity and asked his servant to put meat between two slices of bread because he didn't want to stop what he was doing. What was he doing? Was it A, writing... B, gambling, or C, texting while driving? Hmm. It was writing. Okay, Sam, Marco, you think writing? I I would say gambling. I also thought he might have been brushing his horse, but I, you know. <laughs> brushing his horse. Yes, you know. He's, he's, Is that a euphemism for something? Say, well, I wasn't using it that way, but yeah. it could be. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying gambling. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Writing. Yeah, he was uh, writing. Marco, you are correct. He was an avid gambler. Mm. And so he didn't want to stop playing the game, so he had to go eat with a, like a fork and knife like a, uh, you know, uh, an earl, which apparently yes. he was. I was giving him more credit. Yeah. No, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, so he loved playing cards. He didn't want to interrupt the game. And so as the legend goes, other people would call out. He would order this this food, and other people would call out, I'll have the same as sandwich. And ah. eventually, mm. so the story goes, it became, I'll have a sandwich. Oh, interesting. Yep. Nice. Uh, so he didn't really care much for the extras on his sandwich. He was just meat and bread. Uh, but toppings are an essential part, right, of any sandwich. Yes. Uh, according to a survey, which of these fillings is the most popular in America? A, tomatoes, B, lettuce, or C, mayo? In America. In America. Tomato, toma- tomatoes. Tomatoes. You call tomatoes. I say tomatoes. I'm going to say uh, lettuce. I'm going to go lettuce. mayo. Lettuce is correct. Damn. No, in, in, in Europe, uh, mayo would be. Mayo is. Yeah, but not. Uh, lettuce uh, is pretty good. Not my favorite. I like a little bacon, maybe some coleslaw on occasion is kind of fun no, on she, a sandwich. You're looking you. at me askance. <laughs> she, she doesn't like coleslaw. <laughs> Bre- some breakfast cereal. Just throw that on there. I'll do like, yeah, cookie crisp. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing you've ever put on a sandwich? Olives. Olives? And peanut butter. Wait, together? Yep. Yeah, yeah, a peanut butter and green olive sandwich. It's very good. It's actually pretty good. All right. Well, I'm just because you gave me that recipe, Sam, I'm going to give you, you a point for that, that one. Yeah. Thank you. Very nice, very <laughs> nice. Uh, the Earl wasn't just a gambler. He was also a politician and a military guy. Uh, in fact, he was the postmaster general for Great Britain for about three years. Uh, he also sponsored a lot of uh, explorations into the Pacific. That's why... The Sandwich Islands, as Hawaii was known, uh, were named after him. Uh, let's see. And he was also the first Lord of the Admiralty, putting him in charge of the day-to-day operations of the Royal Navy. Montague was in charge during a pretty significant conflict. Which one do you think it was? A, the Seven Years' War, B, the American Revolution, or C, Avengers' Infinity War? <laughs> so he was in charge of the day-to-day operations of mm. the Royal Navy during which conflict? Again, the Seven Years' War, the American Revolution, or Avengers, Infinity War. I'm going to go with B, but I think he would have liked to have been in charge of C. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So you're going American Revolution? Yeah, American Revolution. I'll go A. I know, that was like dead air for... Seven years. Yeah. Seven years' war. <laughs> we just had silence. Just because it's just the because Seven Years' War doesn't mean it takes seven years to, to answer. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'd see. I was okay. I Sam, got that wrong. So Sam, very nice. You got that one right. Booyah. See, yeah, you had that. Booyah, indeed. Was it's like, tied up. Um, now, because Britain, as you may know, Britain lost that. Uh, so there isn't a lot of talk about whether he was good at his job, but he did invent sandwiches. All so right. earlier this year, Orlando was declared the sandwich capital of the U.S. based on Google search data. Was it so really? we search for, yeah, as believe consumers, it or not. Or- yeah. We search for a lot of sandwiches in this town. So yes. uh, obviously sandwiches are one of the greatest foods ever invented and we're in the be- one of the best places. What is your favorite sandwich? Ooh. Grilled cheese. That's your favorite sandwich? I guess. Re- I, Just because I have a really good grilled cheese maker. <laughs> you have a really good, what, what makes it such a good It's a really cheese? awesome press. Oh, okay. So what kind of cheese do you put it's in It's like there? from the 80s. It's like, you know, she... Yeah, it's one of those, like, 
Oh, oh old school, oh, probably yeah. full yeah. of asbestos. It's a totally yeah. old school, yeah. Uh, just a regular cheese, man. <laughs> just regular American cheese. Yeah, just regular Grill American it up cheese. As long as it's hot. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm gonna go with a with a meatball parmesan sub. Meatball parmesan. Yeah. You got you gotta go there. Yeah. Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to have to give this one to Marco. The yeah. the meatball parm is sounding pretty good it's right now. It's an Italian Greek right? thing. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. No, no. It's just good. Actually, hang on a second. Well, I, That's a cheese, good point. Yeah. Wait. That's a good point because I am Greek. That is very Italian. If you had said gyro, we'd be good oh, right well, away. That, mm. I'm going to have to go. Sam, there's a good argument. I, I'll have to go grilled cheese. Sam, you won. You're my favorite. Thank you. Woo! Oh, <laughs> it's all right, babe. I felt like that was just pulled right out from under <laughs> it me. It totally at the end. was. I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You know, I had it. I was right there. And See, then being look, Italian it, doesn't we, always we have help. To, good theater requires conflict. Marco. That is true. Yeah, yeah. So we just had a little bit of that and that twist at the end. Yep. I fought for Didn't my point of view coming. harder than you did. <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, well, that is pretty much all of the show. We have Best Hour coming up uh, right now in a few minutes. So let's talk a little bit about what you guys have coming up at uh, Truthful Acting and Theater on the Edge. Getting ready for our next show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I start building, yep, yeah, so, building this week. Yeah, so uh, Gideon's Knot comes up. We open the show on June 8th. Uh, we're in you know we're in production of it right now and yeah you're building building the set this week and we're already in rehearsal for that so tickets will go on sale soon theater on the edge.org what are you excited about about this particular play and what's uh what's just a little bit of a taste of it what's going on in the play it's a heavy play it yeah. deals yeah it deals with suicide uh in in a child which is pretty deep in itself yeah, the, the play basically takes place in a fifth grade classroom in Chicago. It's a parent-teacher conference talking about a a child that recently committed suicide. So it has very deep themes and takes a look at whose fault is it? You know, whose responsibility is it? You know, and and how how do we take care of children and, and, and raise them properly and, and deal with things like this? So it has a lot of deep themes that really fit what we want to do. Hopefully it'll start a lot of conversation and, you know, in the state of kids in, uh, in school today and a lot of the, the issues that they deal with and how to, how to deal with them. Um, I, I hopefully it will bring that conversation to light. Great. So that's starting June 8th, uh, but next Monday. Next Monday, May 7th. Yep. Yep. We start our new semester, our summer semester. Uh, our classes are on Mondays and Thursdays this semester, and we have both daytime and evening available. Daytime is 10.30 in the morning to 2 in the afternoon, or evening is 7 at night to 10.30 at night. Um, and they can anyone can find out more information online at truthfulacting.com. Yep. Gotcha. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter. Yep. Truthful Acting. And yep. Sam, if we want to follow you, where do we do that? I am Matchbox on my Instagram. Nice. Yeah. So you are? I am Matchbox? Yeah. Is that, is that your new? Yeah. You're just taking that Matchbox thing and just going with it. Just running with it. Completely. She's a fire starter. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. You, can, or you, can, you, you can follow me on uh, uh, Marco D. George on Facebook or at Marco D. George on Twitter. Very nice. Uh, coming up, I've got uh, sort of a, had a lot of acting slash theater related uh, shows coming up or having them. And you guys were part of that. 
Uh, Ricardo Soltero Brown is mm-hmm. up cool. next week. Yes, awesome. he wrote a show for Fringe. We'll talk about that and uh, his mustache a little <laughs> bit because it's it's pretty neat. It's a pretty neat mustache. And then we've got a couple of uh, comic book related uh, shows coming up. I've got Walter Osley, who's a comic book writer and artist, and then uh, Mike Light, who does cosplay here in town and nice. all over the place. So it's very good. Thank you guys. Very into it. Thank I'm you so much for having back, us. Yes. Release you back out into the world. Uh, this has been to a certain degree. I've been Nick. Uh, I will continue being Nick, hopefully. <laughs> and we'll turn it over to Bess Hour uh, with marketing news right after the song on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to a certain degree. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to a certain degree. All of the commercials you heard today were really terrible ideas. Please don't try them at home. If you do, though, remember to a certain degree owns 51% of the idea and 0% of the liability that goes along with it. Also, check out toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. Sharing, let me remind you, is caring. Let me know if you like this episode, and I will hand type a thank you letter just for you. You'll be the only recipient of it. That way you'll be able to read it because my handwriting is terrible. <laughs>